Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Steve McDonald. All right, welcome to episode two of our new four-episode series called The Spirit of Truth. You know, everything that God is doing in the earth today, he's doing by his Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the active presence of God within our lives. And in his farewell to the disciples, Jesus promised them that he would send them a helper, the spirit of truth, to transform them, to to guide them, to empower them. And he's still transforming, guiding, and empowering you and I today. Now, last week we talked about the fact that many people who love God and follow Christ can easily identify with God as the Father and Jesus as his Son. But the Holy Spirit, the the third person of the Trinity, remains a mystery to some and distant to many. Yet the truth is he dwells inside of every believer and is our constant companion in our walk of faith. So our series, it's going to focus on a greater understanding of the person, the purpose, and the power of the Spirit of God at work within our lives, within our church, and within the world today. Now listen, we are unapologetically a spirit-empowered church, and we believe in his presence in everything that we do. And last week, we kicked off this series by talking about the person, that he's not an it, it's the the person of the Holy Spirit. And this week, we're going to explore more about the purpose, this week and next. Now, I also want to say a big hello to all of you that are joining us on our online campus, both of those that are on our live broadcast and our podcast, as well as those that are joining us here in the house today. We're so glad that you've all joined us and made uh, this day an important part of your, your week to worship together, to hear from the Lord. But before we jump into today's message, I want to encourage all of you, as we do each month, to join us for our fireside prayer night uh, that's happening. Uh, and uh, at the end of every month, from six to seven, we have a fireside prayer night. Now, when I'm talking to you today, that has already taken place, but I want to encourage you uh, that if you haven't been out this month or haven't been a part of it, to come and join us. Because this Saturday, we're going to gather together once again from six to seven in the fireside room. We're going to pray for the purposes of God to be established in our lives and our church. And so if you can't make it on some particular month, you can actually join us online as well. But listen, build prayer as an important part of your life. So big thanks to all of you that have been a part of that and continue to be. And and if you haven't been, come on out and join us uh, uh, next month. It's going to be fantastic. Now, I understand that although our church roots and our core beliefs are Pentecostal, As we continue to grow as a church, our family, our church family, is represented and made up of people from all kinds of different backgrounds. We have people with different church backgrounds, right? People that are coming from a Baptist or a Methodist or Mennonite, 
background, people that are coming from a Catholic background or a Pentecostal background, uh, and many more today that are coming with no church background whatsoever. So it's important to me to always be mindful of where our people are, are coming from so that I can prayerfully prepare and teach things that are central to who we are and what we believe while always keeping in step with the Word of God. Remember, it's not just about tradition. It's about truth. That's what matters. Now, last week we looked at Acts 19 when Paul encountered a a group of, of Christ followers in Ephesus, and he asked them about the Holy Spirit. And the response was raw, it was real, and it's something that I can identify with, especially back in my early days of seeing my parents' lives changed and even seeing people around me in this new active church environment that were uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. And uh, for me, it was foreign, and it was to those that, that Paul was talking to. So let's visit that again, Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 2 says, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples, some other Christ followers, and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. There's people today that don't even know about the Holy Spirit. So it's important that we learn and walk through scriptures to understand uh, this very important person that makes up who God is and who's there to guide, direct, and teach us in our lives. Now, sadly, the Holy Spirit over the years has often been misrepresented by people, and because of it, it's caused confusion. It's caused misunderstanding. And that's not just the case today. We see that in the early church as well. So I love to to take an opportunity to bring some clarity to someone of such importance in our lives in a a message series like this one. But to truly understand the, the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we need to also understand Pentecost. Now, that's another word that that has been misunderstood over the years, but it's more than just the name of a very animated denomination of people, the Pentecostals, right? This is actually a day or an an event, Pentecost, a holiday. Acts 2, verse 1 says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. So this was a day, a holiday that was on the calendar. Now, in the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and just maybe to give you a little bit of history, Jesus came, right? He lived 33 years, died on a cross, he paid for our sins, and then three days later, he was resurrected. And then he spends 40 days in his glorified body before he ascends to heaven, walking through walls, appearing to people, and leaving final instructions, And then 10 days after he ascends, so now 50 days after the resurrection, the day of Pentecost came and the Holy Spirit was poured out on the church with a lot of power and demonstration. So Pentecost is not just a day, it's actually a holiday. Now in the Jewish calendar, 
They had three major holidays, very similar in feel, not in meaning, to Christmas, Easter, or Canada Day, uh, when we celebrate with family and friends. Now, they had others, other holidays, seven in total, but three major ones. And Jesus used these holidays strategically to give them a picture of what he wanted to do in their lives. You see, for the Jewish people, they, they grew up with these rich traditions. But for many of us today, we miss their significance because that's not the way that we were brought up. In fact, I believe Jesus wants all of us to know how he sees them. Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. Talking about those first five books of the Bible. I didn't come to get rid of that or, the, or the, the prophets, those who spoke of what was to come. I've not come to abolish those things, but to fulfill them. So the two are married together. So we're not Old Testament believers in the sense that we don't uh, go through all those practices of the Old Testament, but we still very much embrace the principles. As a matter of fact, God's plan for our life is revealed in these three holidays. Now, these holidays actually deserve a whole other teaching series of their own, so maybe we'll do that at some point. But for today, I just want to focus on these three, and then one specifically. So there was Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Passover was the celebration of when the children of Israel, the Hebrew nation, were delivered out of bondage and slavery in Egypt. And for us, Passover is all about the cross. So Passover represents salvation. The second major holiday is Pentecost, which we're focusing on today. Pente, meaning five, and cost, or cost day, in the original language, means to the tenth power. So Pentecost is not a scary word. It simply means 50. Pentecost represents 50 days after Passover. In our calendar, that would be seven weeks after Easter, right? That's, that's when that is. And that would fall at the end of, of May. Uh, and so they were celebrating in this time uh, the law that was given on Mount Sinai after they had been delivered out of Egypt. There was an earthquake, there was fire and smoke and thunder and lightning. It was a very dramatic moment. God was on the scene. You remember Cecil B. DeMille's version of it all, right? <coughs> Fire striking the tablets. The law had arrived. Thou shalt not. Like it was a, a profound moment. Now listen, when the early church was filled with the Holy Spirit, there was also a loud sound and fire from heaven as a mighty rushing wind that entered the room where they were praying. But in that moment... It was different. Now he was writing his law on their hearts instead of tablets of stone. Now it was God on the inside of his people. And in one day, the Bible says, 3,000 people were saved. So Pentecost is the, the celebration of, of, of the Holy Spirit empowerment in our lives. Pentecost represents power to, to make a difference. Now, the third holiday, Tabernacles, happens in the fall, around harvest time. And it's a time to remember their wandering in the desert. 
which today is modern-day Saudi Arabia. Uh, and they kind of went in circles. They were there, you know, making their home uh, in, in this temporary place on their way to the promised land. And so tabernacles for the, the Jewish people represents kind of a portable home, a temporary dwelling place or a, a tent. When we lived in Toronto, you go into the Orthodox communities and you could see during tabernacles, they would build these temporary shelters out on, in their backyard or on their back deck. And then come garbage uh, time, when it was time to collect it all up, you could see all the, the, the lumber piled up at the curb. But it represents this period of time where they were wandering around and, and not yet in their permanent home, not yet in the promised land. Much like you and I today are here temporarily on this earth, right? And there will become a day at some point when we will cease from our wandering as well. Someday we'll join Jesus in heaven, our promised land, our permanent home. So we're just passing through. So Tabernacles is really the celebration of his return, that he's coming back. Tabernacles represents the second coming of Christ. Now, for the clarity of today's message, our focus, as we look at the purpose of the Holy Spirit, we're looking at Pentecost. Let's look at Acts chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. It says, After his suffering on the cross, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs. Right? Here's my side where the spirit went in. Here's my nail-pierced hands. He's trying to show them that he is truly alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. He said, do not leave Jerusalem. So whatever you do, don't leave here. Here's that extra 10 days while they waited. But wait for the gift my father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, that's your salvation, that's Passover, but in a few days, so it hasn't happened yet, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That was the promise of what was to come. So, what does the, the Holy Spirit empower or baptize or set us apart to do? What is the purpose of, of him empowering us? Well, the first thing is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live righteously. Remember, Pentecost was about the giving of the law. And the truth is, some today still cling to the letter of the law, but miss the intimacy of the relationship with its author. Now, that law is, is written on our heart instead of tablets of stone. And now our desires, they begin to change, and it becomes less about legalism and more about spirit-filled living. You see, it's all about his righteousness in you. You cannot earn it on your own. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 says, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. You see, when you're filled with the, the Spirit, he begins to do a transforming work on the inside of our lives. I'm not just talking about trying to keep the Ten Commandments. Uh, now I'm in a place where I want to do the right thing. 
instead of I have to do the right thing. That's a much better way of living where it's something that we desire because he dwells within us instead of something that we feel legalistically bound to do. That's when he will guide us into all truth. The second thing is that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live supernaturally. Now, we're going to do a deeper dive into this one in a couple of weeks, but we know that Jesus lived a supernatural life, right? He healed people with signs and wonders and, and miracles. And again, most of us have no problem believing Jesus lived that kind of life. But he also said that when I go to my Father, when I leave this earth, I'm sending someone else to be with you, and greater works will you do. Now, that's a tall list if you look at the things that he did, and when he said greater works will you do, that just messes with our mind again. Because we're like, how is that possible? But the truth is he wants to empower you and I not to show off this power, but so that we could live a supernatural life. And sometimes people try to force manifestations to try to create their own experiments or experience. People love a good performance, right? People act out all the time and do things. Doesn't always mean that it's, it's the Lord, but it's people's desire for that outward expression of God's power. The truth is he doesn't need your help to put on a show, but he does need your faith to heal, to deliver, and to save. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You see, Jesus was empowered to live that supernatural life. And then finally, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live on mission. Listen, if you're just looking for a church just for you and your issues, we're not that church. Don't get me wrong, we want to help you. I want to pastor you and your, your family. But he's also called us to live on mission. He's called us to reach the lost, to, to make disciples, to feed the hungry spiritually and physically, to, to, to raise up new churches, to equip leaders and disciples, to do the work of the ministry. We are called to love God and love people while leading them to become fully devoted followers of Christ. It's like El Wood Blues of the Blues Brothers once said, we're on a mission from God. And we are. We are on a mission from God. And we need to remind ourselves of that truth on a daily basis. We are empowered by the Holy Spirit for a mission that is so much greater than ourselves. We are the church. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for others, for the men and women, young and old, that are still lost in darkness, to keep bringing light into this dark world. So if you're looking for a church that will, will love you and minister to you and care for you and your family and make you feel welcome as part of the family, then this is the place for you. Welcome home. But we're also a family that's empowered for a mission. God has, has act, asked each of us to do something that we're not qualified to do on our own. And we're going to need every bit of his power to pull off this mission. 
That's why Paul said over and over, he said this in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. That's when people's lives are changed. And you know what? It's not about pride. You see, being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. It makes me better than me. God increases and we decrease and we begin to reflect his true nature. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the person, the purpose, and the power of the Holy Spirit within our lives, within our church, and within our nation. We pray today, dear Lord Jesus, that each of us would go deeper in our understanding of who your Holy Spirit is, and that you, Holy Spirit, would have your free reign in our lives and in our church, that we would see your anointing move within us and within all you've called us to do as we continue to pray and believe for our city, for our province, for our nation, and for the nations of the world. I speak a special blessing today over every one of us who's here either in the house or online viewing or listening to today's service, and I pray that their lives would be forever changed by you, Holy Spirit, as you continue to lead, guide, and direct them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God's best to you all. Have an amazing week.